WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando, and a very good Friday morning to you from all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch. And here at 6 o'clock, our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, a condemnation of anti-Semitism turns into something else. Details in one minute. Yeah, Alan's talking about that Democrat anti-hate resolution. What did you think of it? I think they wimped out. Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. The House of Representatives is passing a measure condemning bigotry. However, the resolution was originally written to specifically condemn anti-Semitism. That was prompted by comments from Muslim Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar, who accused pro-Israel advocates of pushing allegiance to a foreign country. The resolution does not single out Omar or anti-Semitism to the dismay of South Florida Democrat Ted Deutsch, who is Jewish. One of our colleagues invokes the classic anti-Semitic tropes, the anti-Semitic language, that Jews control the world, that Jews care only about money, that Jews cannot be loyal Americans if they also support Israel. This, too, must be condemned. However, Deutsch joined all other Democrats in voting for the generic anti-hate measure. Nearly two dozen Republicans opposed it, mostly because it was a watered-down version of the original resolution. Which is exactly where you and I land on this. We're going to get feedback from Yaffe and from Melissa, and we want to know what you think of the way this finally came down, the Democrats' watered-down anti-hate resolution. Be ready to call. Be ready to text. We'll be ready to go on that right after the news. This news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Florida Senate approves a bill allowing patients to smoke their medical marijuana instead of being forced to use oils, wax, or tinctures. Senator Gary Farmer, a Democrat from Fort Lauderdale, says they're finally implementing the constitutional amendment adopted in 2016 as it was intended by voters. This is a great day in Florida. We are honoring the will of 72% of Floridians who voted to allow marijuana as a medical treatment option. And those voters absolutely decided that smoking marijuana should be an option. The final vote in the Senate was 34 to 4. Now it's up to the House, and they have one week to meet the deadline set by Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, he's put some heat on him to get this thing fully resolved and the people's will implemented. My goodness, Alan, we're talking about more than two years ago now. Yep. Investigators are talking to more children who may have been molested by a substitute teacher in Osceola County. 19-year-old Syed Yassin Ashir apparently admitted after his arrest last week to molesting five female students at three elementary schools. Sheriff Russ Gibson told Channel 9 that interviews are ongoing with more students, but he wouldn't say how many or what schools they attended. In Washington, former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort gets a sentence of just under four years in prison for bank and tax fraud. The judge allowing Manafort to serve sentences concurrently instead of consecutively, and with credit for time served, Manafort has three years left. Mr. Manafort finally got to speak for himself. He made clear he accepts responsibility for his conduct. Defense attorney Kevin Dowling adding this case proves his client did not collude with Russia, but Manafort's legal problems are far from over. The 69-year-old faces up to 10 years in prison when he's sentenced next week in D.C. federal court for illegal lobbying. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. 
Yeah, he's still got a long way to go here, but mm. a lot of people were surprised by how light the sentence was. Could have been 19 to 25 years. Those were the guidelines. Yeah, he is 70 and not in good health. Showed up in a wheelchair. Says his health has deteriorated with nine months in solitary confinement. The WWE's biggest event is returning to Florida. Orlando has hosted WrestleMania twice, and now it's Tampa's turn. The WWE announcing that WrestleMania 36 will take place April 5th, 2020 at Raymond James Stadium. WWE Hall of Famer and Bay Area resident Hulk Hogan says you don't want to miss it. When you feel the energy, when you see all the the pyros and the laser lights and the the matches and stuff, there's going to be an energy and a level. And I just started thinking about a personal level of how wrestling affected me and how I fell in love with wrestling. Everybody here is going to get to experience that. What you going to do, brother, when Hulkamania <laughs> runs wild over you? That's not bad. You've already, I'm told, put in for time off. Yes, please. <laughs> I know you're going to be there, Alan. Tampa's been trying to land WrestleMania for the past decade. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.06. In case you missed Mike Yaffe's interview with UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton, you can catch it online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. And the first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Good Friday morning. Bud Hedinger with you on the 50,000 watt front porch alongside my co host Alan Spector. Speaking of Yaffe, Mike Yaffe up bright and early after his drive home show PM Orlando from 5 to 6 every weekday last night. And uh, he's our executive producer. Melissa Fox will be the friendly voice when you want to get on the 50,000-watt front porch to sound off. We have a powerhouse lineup of local and national topics all morning long until 9 o'clock. The number, 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Alan set the table, as he does always so very well, for our hot topic right off the top to warm you up on a on a brisk Friday morning here. Do you agree with us The Democrats watered down the anti-hate resolution and really wimped out? I'll tell you in a moment exactly why I think they did it, but we'd love to get your take on it, so join the conversation. All that and an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes away. It's 607 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now. President Trump will visit tornado-ravaged areas of Alabama this afternoon. A series of destructive tornadoes ravaged part of Alabama on Sunday. The storms killed nearly two dozen people. After leaving Alabama, the president will spend the weekend down in South Florida at Mar-a-Lago. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. You can count on it here on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe. Democrat Party twisted itself in knots, one delay after another, endless hours of debate when they should have been doing things far more important and productive to come up with what could have been a one-paragraph resolution against the anti-Semitic left-wing freshman Muslim congresswoman from Minnesota, Elon Omar. Instead... I've got it right in my hand. This thing is seven pages long. Seven pages long. And there is not a mention of her name in it. She is the reason 
for the resolution. Why is her name not even mentioned? And look how they watered it down by turning it into a huge catch-all. And the bottom line, when you look at the substance of this resolution, is, ah, uh, hate is bad. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Yeah, hate is bad. Hate right. in all forms is bad. Oh, gee, I didn't know that. Uh, I never really thought about that out here. Mm. Uh, gee whiz, you know what? Now that you think of it, I guess hate really is bad. Thanks for the resolution, Congress, Democrats. Give me a break. House Resolution 183, here's what it reads off the top, and I'm not going to take you through seven pages because I couldn't stand it any more than you could, and there's nothing in here worth talking about. Condemning anti-Semitism as hateful expressions of intolerance that are contradictory to the values and aspirations that define the people of the United States and condemning anti-Muslim discrimination, where do you think that came from, and bigotry against minorities as hateful expressions of intolerance that are contrary to the values and aspirations of the United States. In here, they go after white supremacists. They get into Charlottesville. They're going after Trump, the Democrats here. And they talk about hatred aimed at everybody, whether you're black, Latino, Native American, Asian American, from the Pacific Islands, whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, LGBT, community, whatever wait, wait, it happens wait, wait, to be. Wait, wait, I and don't wait a minute. Uh, it's all there on page two. Oh, wait. And, and it's, it goes on and on and on. They go back into anti-Catholic bias from the Kennedy era, and it just never stops. It's incredible. Why did they water it down? Because they, the Democrats, Pelosi is losing control of the Democrat caucus to the aggressive, progressively left wing. And these young congressmen and women are driving it, and everyone else is getting out of the way. They had to put in the anti-Muslim angle here. Why? They weren't going to offend the person for whom the resolution was initially created to put her in her place and call her out for her bigotry toward Jews, for her hatred of Jews, time after time after time. She hails from Somalia, and that godforsaken part of the world. And she's in the most liberal district in the entire upper Midwest, Elon Omar. And she is an anti-Semite. The documentation is as long as your arm and longer than that. They weren't going to offend a minority, a Muslim, a woman, and a member of the left wing of the Democrat Party. They wouldn't do it. They wimped out. And that's why we got seven pages of nothing, a catch-all for the theme, hate is bad. You know, I have personal feelings about this, and uh, stepping outside of my role as newscaster here, where I normally uh, don't take sides during the news, uh, I was appalled by this. You're Jewish. I am Jewish, and uh, I have been... Um, watching the rise of anti-Semitism around the world and in this country. You can look at examples like the shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh sure. where 11 people were killed. You can look at the rally in Charlottesville where white nationalists and neo-Nazis were marching and chanting, the Jews will not replace us. You can look at repeated bomb threats against Jewish community centers here in the Orlando area and around the country. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to the House this week approving a condemnation specifically of anti-Semitism, and they backed out. 
Your reaction, Yaffe, Melissa, what about it? Do I have it right on the fact that they wimped out, they watered down? Alan agrees with me. I gave you the reason why I, I, I abs- I'm not think I know they did. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And the problem with all of this is it's just the, the anti-Semites are going to get more bold if we're not willing to call it out. They already are getting more bold, yep. and it's going to grow and grow and grow. And it's a big win for Omar. Yeah. This is a win for Omar. She intimidated the entire Democrat Party in the House of Representatives, starting with Nancy Pelosi. They wouldn't touch her. Yeah, and now, that, where is she going with this? And Nancy Pelosi, uh, I heard her comment yesterday that uh, Omar didn't really understand the effect of what she was saying. Your which, words hurt. Which, words do matter. Words matter. Yeah. We'll hear from Pelosi in a minute, a little bit more for Florida Democrat Jewish Congressman Ted Deutsch, who had a great cut, I've got another one here. He voted for this just to be with the Democrats. All the Democrats voted for this, 23 Republicans, most of them saying, yeah, listen, I have a problem with, you know, with, with hate and all of this. Of course, that's not why I'm voting against it. I'm voting against it because you wimped out, you watered down, and there is no focus where it needs to be on the, on the anti-Semitism of Elon Omar. What's your take on it? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Let's dive in on a Friday morning. Um, We'll get to it after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. You heard of the traffic report about Bike Week, and uh, let's headline that for you right now. There are some changes this year. The 78th Annual Motorcycle Festival starts today in Daytona Beach and runs through March 17th. Now, unlike previous years, the Welcome Center is located now at One Daytona, and vendors have been moved from Riverfront Park to the Boot Hill Outpost on US-1 in Ormond Beach. Updates at least every 10 minutes at our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Let me clarify something. They did get into anti Semitism in the resolution. The problem is it is diluted by the presence of everything else. And that's a big problem. And I explained why they went there. The Democrats. Let's go to the phone, shall we, Alan? Let's go to the phones, bud. And, uh... Brian, welcome in from Winter Park. Good morning, bud. How are you? Doing well. We're all well, and we're glad you've joined the conversation on this very important topic. Well, the whole thing falls down to nobody should hate anybody. That's it. Hate is bad. I think the Democrats are just running around trying to do everything but what they're supposed to do in Congress. They're trying to placate that active, aggressive left wing of their party, and and, and they've got a chasm there, and they're trying somehow to hold this thing together as they head for 2020. And that's all they're doing. They're not passing bills. They're not reviewing anything. They're just keeping it going as long as they can, and as long as they can keep a stereo out there telling everybody all her her little stories and you know, she has yet to debate anybody. Anybody. Who, I'll debate her. Who are you talking about, Omar? No. Ocasio-Cortez? Yeah, she's not really the focus here, although she's closely allied with the likes of Omar on the left wing of the Democrat Party. Interesting text here directed to me, bud. It says, okay, Alan, then please tell me why Jews vote Democrat 
Well, that's a stereotype. Not all Jews vote Democrat. I think they vote pretty heavily Democrat. They do, but not all. Well, no, not all, of course. But why Why do a majority of Jews vote Democrat when you've got, you know, when you've got this kind of anti-Semitism within the party? Sure beats the stereotype, doesn't it? What about it? What What's do you mean? the answer to that? I mean, you know, stingy with your money, whereas Democrats want to give it to everybody. And I'm just saying. You know, if you're going to go stereotypical, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's, that, what that's one of the that's things that Omar has said. Doing. It's all about the Benjamins, you know, with the Jews, et cetera, the $100 bills and the money and all of that. Is it? I think historically Jews have seen Democrats as being more sympathetic uh, to them than Republicans are, although Republicans have been staunch uh, supporters of Israel. Yeah, and, and this president, you know, whatever you or anyone else may think of him, this guy's rock solid behind uh, behind Israel. Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi after the watered-down resolution trying to patch this whole thing over. She just wants to get out of town on this one, trust me. I salute all of our members for demonstrating the courage to have this difficult conversation and for doing so in a spirit of great respect, disagreeing sometimes, but never questioning the patriotism or motivation of anyone with whom we serve. Yeah, and, and that just, the last line there is all about Oh, no, 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 no. Elon Omar's, you know, not an anti-Semite. Give me a break. Got some great texts in here, bud. Yeah, we'll get to it in a second after we hear one more time from Florida Democrat uh, Representative Ted Deutsch, who is Jewish. Now, he did vote with the Democrats for party unity that I'm sure Pelosi demanded, but he was not happy about the fact that they diluted the focus on anti-Semitism and this congresswoman, uh, Elon Omar. Why are we unable to singularly condemn anti-Semitism? Why can't we call out anti-Semitism and show that we've learned the lessons of history? This shouldn't be so hard. Deutsch was terrific yesterday. Back to that text line, guys. Yeah, one person says it's unbelievable that Republicans would even vote for such a resolution. What a collection of stupid sheep. Yeah, no, no, no. The Republicans, and I think it's almost without exception, they voted against it because they didn't want it diluted and watered down. No, that's I think certainly lot, true uh, of 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 Ted Yoho and uh, and Stubby from the state of Florida. A that's lot of why they voted that way. A lot of Republicans did vote for only twenty three. Supposedly did not. To which AOC was like, "Oh, I guess they're condemning hate." Mm. Well. One of the texters says, uh, so a despicable bully named Elon or Elon uh, curses out the class and, and a classmate and the teacher punishes everybody. Thanks for nothing, Nancy. Well, it totally folded. They folded. Oh, yeah. They're not going to offend anyone on that left wing of the Democrat Party. The party was going to come apart at the seams and they're not going to put the spotlight negatively on a Muslim woman member of Congress. That's what that was all about. Haiti. Good morning, Orlando, at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. My co-host, Alan Spector, if you're just joining us, going to get you up to date on the news now. Bud, the SpaceX Crew Dragon is on its way back home from the International Space Station, the journey starting overnight. And we have motion. You see Dragon physically separating from the International Space Station, 1.32 a.m. Central Time, the International Space Station, 253 statue miles over Sedan. The unmanned Crew Dragon delivered supplies and equipment to the space station last weekend. It also carried a test dummy. The spacecraft is scheduled to splash down in the Atlantic Ocean off the Cape. 
at 845 this morning. Hey, during our show. Yeah. Maybe we'll be able to bring it to you live. I thought maybe you arranged that, bud. Oh, yeah. This test is leading up to what SpaceX officials hope will be a manned test flight in July. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Despite questions over its legality, a House committee in the Florida Capitol approves the so-called Bible Bill. The bill requires every public high school in the state to offer courses on Bible study, but Representative Kim Daniels says she's not trying to force Christianity on anyone. This is a public policy issue, not a worship issue. Religion will not be pushed down their throat. They will be treated fairly. But Representative Anna Eskimani wonders why every other religion was left out of Daniels' bill. My family is Iranian-American. A majority of my family uh, identifies with Islam. Would you consider adding the Quran to your bill as another holy book um, that can be taught objectively to your language? No. The Bible classes would be elective. Students would not be required to take them, but high schools would be required to offer them. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Big talk topic here in the 8 o'clock hour, Alan. All right, bud. A former South Florida police officer is guilty of manslaughter and attempted first-degree murder in a case dealing with the state's Stand Your Ground statute. The father of victim Corey Jones was overcome with emotion when the verdict was read yesterday in West Palm Beach. It was the truth that convicted him. It was the truth that brought him to justice. It was the truth that sent him to jail. It was the truth. Former Palm Beach Gardens officer Nauman Raja was convicted for shooting Jones in 2015. Raja was in plain clothes and did not identify himself as a cop when he approached Jones, who was dealing with a disabled vehicle along I-95. Jones pulled a gun on him out of fear that he was being robbed, and Raja pulled out his own weapon, opened fire, and killed Jones. The jury rejected Raja's stand-your-ground defense, and he faces a possible sentence of 25 years to life in prison. Rafael Cabrera Bello, who I will now refer to from here on out as RCB, <laughs> fired a 7-under-65 to grab the first-round lead at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Keegan Bradley is in second place at 5-under, while Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson are among a group tied for third at minus 4. WFLA News Time is 6.36. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Headlines now, when I was talking with Gina, we had a story related to the New York Yankees. Now one related to one of the all-time great New York Mets. Sad news about Tom Seaver, a.k.a. Tom Terrific, the Hall of Fame pitcher, retiring from, from public life, he says. He is suffering from memory loss. He has dementia. He is 74 years old. Won the Cy Young Award three times as the best pitcher. Won over 300 games. Owned a lifetime ERA under three. Tom Terrific, suffering from dementia. How sad. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Oh, these wacky Democrats. Boy, how paranoid are they? DNC Chairman Tom Perez said in a statement this week that Allegations of bias against Fox made in a New Yorker magazine article are the basis for the DNC's decision not to allow Fox News to host any presidential primary debates in the run-up to the 2020 election. He has since doubled down on the original statement, 
saying that recent reporting has made it clear that we cannot rely on Fox to host a fair and neutral debate. Just to be clear, Fox News will not serve as a media partner for the 2020 Democratic primary debates. Well, do you think the president was going to ignore that? He responded and tweeted this, Democrats just blocked Fox News Fox News from holding a debate? Good. Then I think I'll do the same thing with the fake news networks and the radical left Democrats in the general election debates. Fox says they hope that um, uh, DNC will, will reconsider. They offer the biggest audience, Yaffe, that they are going to get in these primary debates on Fox. And listen, if you question the objectivity of the likes of, uh, you know, debate moderators Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, Chris Wallace, all you have to do is remember what Fox News in the, in the, in the first presidential debate last time. Do you remember when Megyn Kelly, who was then the big star on Fox, since replaced really by Martha McCallum, went right for Trump's throat on a question about the women right off the top? Remember, it prompted the Rosie O'Donnell yeah. answer. Remember that. You know, I think they're very fair in what they do. I think the Democrats will regret this decision. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull back from it. Well, Chris Wallace commented on this yesterday. He says the left has Fox News syndrome. Derangement syndrome, yeah, he said. Fox News derangement syndrome, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris Wallace is actually one of my favorite journalists. I think he always plays it straight. And the idea that the upper levels of Fox News are going to tell him what to ask and you know, control what he does. I don't believe that for a second. I think it's an insult to the good journalists at Fox, honestly. And so does the senior vice president of Fox, Bill Salmon. Um, and here's his statement. We hope the DNC will reconsider its decision to bar Chris Wallace, Brett Baer, and Martha McCallum, all of whom embody the ultimate journalistic integrity and professionalism for moderating a Democratic presidential debate. They're the best debate team in the business, and that is true. And they offer candidates an important opportunity to make their case to, as I said, the largest TV news audience in America, and that includes many persuadable voters. This is, they're shooting themselves in the foot if they do not open themselves up to a debate on Fox with the, with the audience that they command. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to tell me that Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon or Jake Tapper are more fair than Chris Wallace and Brett Baer. Come on now. This is ridiculous. Well, it's keep just in mind from the base. DNC's perspective, you know, yeah, they're looking exactly. for the deck stacked in their favor and softball questions all night long out of the CNN crowd and MSNBC would be worse. Yeah, you know, Rick Santorum said it best yesterday or the day before. He said, what are they afraid of? Obviously, they're afraid of something. I think they're afraid of their own radical base once again. I think this is just a move to placate the base who hates Fox News. I think they're afraid of Trump, that he's going to blow anyone they've got right off the stage. I really do. I And I think they well, feel this they isn't need... even Trump wouldn't even be in these debates. Though. Well, ultimately, I think they are afraid, you know, of, of, of not having a, a, a successful debate or whatever, and then it gives Trump an edge, and then he blows him out with whoever the Democrat nominee is in the general. Oh, maybe they won't debate him because now he doesn't want to debate on the other <laughs> yeah. networks. So. Listen, we'll, we'll keep track of this little uh, dust up here for you. Um, stay tuned. We're going to play the sound judgment game for Orlando Apollo's pro football tickets. And if that's not your thing, I don't know why, because it's great fun watching them at Spectrum Stadium. Steve Spurrier has got the team undefeated and playing some really, really great football. Somebody in your family or your circle of friends or the gang at work would love to be presented with a couple of free tickets to the next Orlando Apollos game, which is the Saturday after this right here in Orlando. And you can have them if you're our winner and you haven't won in 30 days. Get in early now, 407-916-5400. 
407-916-5400 or the toll-free 866-916-5400. They're going fast. Free tickets to the Orlando Apollos. Sound judgment right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and we'll do that in only two minutes for you right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. Headlines right now on the one story that will affect us all. Like it or not, this weekend we are going to be springing ahead as daylight saving time starts. When you bed down on Saturday night, set your clock ahead. One hour. No. No. <laughs> okay. We got a rebel here. Alan, okay. All right. So when you don't show up when you're supposed to on Monday, we'll know why. I'll be here for the 7 o'clock news, <laughs> not the 6 a.m. I like that <laughs> idea. Up to- <laughs> Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning. And good morning, Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. What do you get when you cross Alan Spector with James Dean? Rebel without a clue. Uh, but, but seriously. <laughs> We're ready to go on the sound judgment game, but I got a couple of openings, as we sometimes do, which is rare when we run the game this early. If you want to go to the, the great pro football team we have now, Orlando Apollos, coached by Steve Spurrier, the only undefeated team in the Alliance of American Football, we have great seats, a couple of them, on us for you or someone in your circle of family and friends who would love to go to the game. 407-916-5400, toll-free remains open at 866-916-5400. And about that prize, Melissa. Ah, the officials. A pair of tickets for the Orlando Apollos versus Arizona Hotshot Saturday, March 16th at Spectrum Stadium. First snap is at 8 o'clock. There you go. We don't call it kickoff because they, they don't. don't do that. No. Yeah. yeah. For snap, but they don't snap it. They just put it down. Well, there right? is there a snap does start everything. Though. It's not a oh, scrum, that's true. right? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's not rugby. That's for sure. Anyway, <laughs> the force is with us for today's sound judgment game as we focus on the long-awaited Star Wars attraction that we've just learned will open at Disney World on August 29th. Want you to listen to some sound from the new promotional video, which um, I believe Yaffe has posted on the website wflaorlando.com. Check it out followed by a comment from Disney CEO Bob Iger yesterday, then use your sound judgment to give me the exact name of the new Star Wars Disney attraction and tell me which of their four theme parks it will be located in. Let's listen. No one has ever attempted anything of this magnitude, and so it's somewhat daunting, even by our standards. And that's Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney. Construction continues down in the Disney theme park complex. you got to answer two questions correctly. The exact name you need to give me of the Star Wars attraction at Disney World that opens this summer, and which theme park will it be in? Line one, take a shot. I don't have a clue. Thanks for trying. 407-916-5400 opens up a chance for you to win the Apollo's tickets. Better grab it. Mine, too. Exact name of the attraction. Which theme park? Spaceballs and SeaWorld. Mm, 
Boy, that was so close. Spaceballs <laughs> and Space SeaWorld. Yeah, it's so close, but I don't think we can pay off. I on like that, the tribute to the Mel Brooks movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Line three, exact name of the Star Wars attraction that they're going to open uh, this summer. Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios. What's the exact name of the attraction? Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. At? Yeah. At Hollywood Studios. Yes, you got it. You win. You had to put the Star Wars in there, okay? I was going to be very precise. Am you I right? are so strict, bud. I'm tough. Mm-hmm. I'm, you wanted me to pay off on a Spaceballs thing, Alan. I, I like that answer. <laughs> it was a good answer. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, congratulations. What's your first name? This is Matt from Orlando, bud. All right, Matt, you're going to the Apollos game. I hope you have a great time and got somebody in mind to join you. Yeah, I'll take my wife. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Lucky lady. Always the right answer for a married guy. Don't go away. You and Melissa will have an all-fair conversation. Have a great weekend and set that clock ahead. All right, buddy? Thanks a lot, bud. All right. Don't go away. Congratulations (laughs) there. Bud, Bud's like a Jedi teacher today. You gotta, you gotta be exact. Strict training here from Yoda Absolutely. Bud today. I tell you what, gotta toe the line here. In the okay. meantime, I'm headed to SeaWorld to see Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sesame Street was opening there. I don't know what's going on anymore. That's pretty evident. <laughs> was it Mr. Big Helmet or what was the Darth Big Helmet or something like that? Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet. That's what was, it was the villain in Spaceballs. <laughs> the the takeoff on Darth Vader, of course. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. Delighted to have you with us here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning. Not everyone loves the anti-hate resolution. More in one minute. And should Florida outlaw all forms of distracted driving? We're talking about it with you next on Good Morning Orlando. We originally thought the U.S. House would pass a resolution condemning anti-Semitism this week. The move was prompted by anti-Semitic comments from a Muslim member of Congress, Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar. A resolution was approved yesterday, but it condemns all forms of bigotry without specifying anti-Semitism. South Florida Democrat Ted Deutsch, who is Jewish, was disappointed. My colleagues, because of anti-Semitism over millennia, millions of Jews have been hated, targeted, expelled from their countries, violently attacked, killed, and exterminated. Words lead to action and to death. Still, Deutsch did vote for the generic anti-hate resolution, as did all other Democrats. 23 Republicans voted against it, saying they felt the measure had been watered down. Big talk topic at 6 o'clock. We'll have a live report during our 8 o'clock hour on this, Alan. All right, bud, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In their first floor meeting of the new legislative session, the Florida Senate votes to legalize the smoking of medical marijuana. The law they passed two years ago prohibited smoking, but Senator Kevin Rader, Democrat from Boca Raton, says patients prefer it. My mom takes medical marijuana, and it's the greatest form of medicine that she takes to relieve her pain. I've had to roll joints for her, 
never done that before, but my brother-in-law showed me how to do it. Stop laughing. That's brothers-in-law for you. The Senate voted 34 to 4 for the medical marijuana bill, which now goes to the House. A local prosecutor's husband admits he voted illegally. David Ayala is the husband of Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala, and he was also an advocate for Amendment 4, which called for restoring the voting rights of felons. David, who was a convicted felon himself, acknowledged yesterday he voted in two previous elections despite not being legally allowed to do so. Yeah, interesting. And so far, no comment from from his wife, who is the state attorney, Aramis Ayala. We await that. Former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort is getting a four-year prison sentence for tax fraud and bank fraud. He faced up to 24 years for the charges that came as part of the special counsel probe into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Counselor to the President Kellyanne Conway told reporters last night the prison term had no bearing on Donald Trump relating to the Mueller investigation. There is no sentencing today that has anything to do with uh, collusion with Russia in the campaign. It's very similar to what Mr. Cohen, a new favorite of all of yours, said under oath last week that there's, he has no proof of no collusion. Conway, of course, referring to former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen. Manafort, meanwhile, has yet to be sentenced in Washington for a separate case where he faces up to another 10 years in prison. The WWE has made it official. WrestleMania 36 is coming to Tampa. WWE superstar and COO Triple H says the event is their crown jewel. The WWE will do 560-plus live events every year, and it doesn't get any bigger for us than WrestleMania. It is, as we say, the granddaddy of them all. There is no spectacle like it, and I will put that up against any sport or entertainment event out there. This is the first time Tampa hosts WrestleMania. It'll take place April 5th, 2020 at Raymond James Stadium, which, by the way, will also host the Super Bowl next year. You're going to be in for this, WrestleMania? I know you're a fan. I'm I'm looking right now for tickets. So <laughs> if anybody has any... No, 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 wait a minute now. We can't be doing that. <laughs> but I know you're going to be there. I'll hook you, brother. <laughs> brother! WFLA News Time is 7.07... A Central Florida couple's pet cat saves them from carbon monoxide poisoning. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. What heading around, Inspector? Michael Yaffe, a.k.a. Yaffe, and Melissa Fox will be uh, the friendly voice you hear when you want to get into the conversation here. Um, We're with you until 9 o'clock, and we've got a hot topic right now. Something is brewing in the Florida legislature um, that is very, very interesting. It's made its way through uh, uh, at least one committee, and it would be a move that, if it was enacted into law, would outlaw all forms of distracted driving here in Florida. You know, a lot of lives are lost when people are, you know, not only on their phone or, uh, or or whatever they're doing, but doing all kinds of other things in the car other than paying attention to the road. Uh, if this is outlawed, um, it's amazing. I'll give you the forms of distracted driving that are that are under this umbrella here. You know, the cops can ring you up as a primary offense. It wouldn't be that they have to catch you doing something else first or whatever. And um, and is this a route we need to go down? We we obviously lose too many lives to all forms of of, of distracted driver driving. 
But is this going to be a nightmare for the cops? Uh, I wonder about that. Um, you know, and we'll get into it in a moment. There's bill without law all forms of distracted driving. I mean, you could be severely fined if they catch you for any form of distracted driving. We're talking about it in a moment. We want to know what you think. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. We'll give you that in an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 709. Headlines now. An earthquake in Florida? Well, they're rare, but they do happen. And the U.S. Geological Survey is reporting a small earthquake happened late on Wednesday night in the western Florida panhandle. The magnitude 2.6 quake occurred near the Florida-Alabama line in Escambia County. Um, Nobody was uh, hurt, but a lot of folks, um, you know, couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories for you throughout the morning and Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. All kinds of activity in the um, Florida legislative session right now. We have our eyes on it all, and Republican State Senator Wilton Simpson is sponsoring a bill that, if it became law here, would make it illegal. Uh, if you're caught doing any form of distracted driving. Right now, it is illegal in Florida to text and drive, but drivers can only be ticketed for that if they're first pulled over for another reason. This bill would make it distracted driving in any form a primary offense, meaning law enforcement would not need another reason to ticket you. Distracted driving is defined in this bill as the following. Inattentive or distracted driving conduct Includes reading while driving, writing, performing personal grooming, applying a beauty aid or similar products, ladies, interacting with pets or unsecured cargo, using a personal wireless communications device, or engaging in, here's the broad brush, any other activity, conduct, task, or action that causes distraction. Hands-free cell phone use would be allowed. Drivers would be able to check their phones as long as their cars are not moving, like at a stoplight or while idling in a parking lot. Now, local Congressman Democrat Senator Randolph Bracey uh, has thrown something else into the mix because he fears that uh, a ban on distracted driving will be used, are you kidding me, for racial profiling. So, under this legislation, if it becomes law, are you ready? Law enforcement officers would also have to record the race and ethnicity of ticketed drivers, and an annual report would have to be given to the governor, the House Speaker, and the Senate President. Okay? So the cops aren't all of a sudden saying, hey, let's ring this guy up and make up something about distracted driving, and just because he's black or he's Latino, he's a minority, and we're out to get him. Um, So anyway, that's what is also in there. Um, You know, I don't know, what are the cops supposed to do here? And and what if it's your word against theirs? You know, if you're speeding, they have a record of that. They have a record of that. Just, oh, I don't know. I, I, I saw you arguing with your wife. I saw you putting on your makeup. Well, wait a minute. I wasn't doing that. You against them? How are they going to prove that? Are they going to stick? Are they going to be, you know, every time there's a cop around the area, they're going to have the zoom lens in on a camera? What are we looking at here? It's too much big brother for me, to be honest with you. What do you feel about this legislation that, if it became law, would um, make all of these things, anything really, 
That's considered distracted driving. Illegal, you know, with a substantial fine as yet undetermined. What about it? I'm concerned because I multitask in my head. And I can be distracted without having anything in front of me or in my hands or in the seat next to me. So how are they, what are they, it's a minor, minority report? We're, well, gonna, we shouldn't even let you drive. Uh, I, well, I'm pretty sure they did. How did you get a license? <laughs> it was easy. I just took it out of the bottom of the jack and uh, yeah, the, the cracker solution. box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about it, Yaffe? Well, I mean, my first concern is kind of like what you said. How in the world do you enforce something like this? You know, before I do a PM Orlando a lot, I'll pick up an iced coffee at McDonald's. Is that distracted driving now? Absolutely. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you're yes. reaching over to the center console to grab your beverage, yes, yeah. they can consider that distracted driving. Yeah, pretty soon we'll have a convicted criminal hosting hosting I guess so. PM Orlando. You and your iced coffee, Yaffe. I think they know that um, a lot of people won't fight it, so that's why they'll go along with this. So you think but... it's a moneymaker? I don't know if it's a moneymaker, but a lot of times cops will use something like this because they suspect you of something else. And then, so. Yeah. Listen, this has gotten a lot of traction because there, and there have been some compelling stories, you know, from, from Floridians who've lost family members, you know, because of a distracted driver. And it isn't just cars hitting other cars, you know, you know, running over bikers, running over joggers, running over little kids who are playing fairly close to the road in their front yard. You know, all of a sudden they, uh, they, they, they look down for something that they spilled or they dropped or whatever, or they look down to get a text message or something like that, and bam, they're off the road. You can't minimize the problem here. The, the, the issue with this is, I mean, how far are we going to go toward creating this distracted driving police state that they envision here to ring everybody up? Uh, you know, I mean, and how do you enforce it? Lots of questions I have this morning. I'm not minimizing the carnage. Uh, uh, you know, from from distracted driving. But is this the route to go? You tell me, 407-916-5400, or text us at 23680, or standard message, and data rates apply. An update on headlines right now. President Trump's going to visit tornado-affected areas of Alabama this afternoon. A series of killer tornadoes ravaged parts of Alabama on Sunday. The storm's killing nearly two dozen people. Now, after leaving Alabama, uh, the president will spend the weekend here in Florida at his South Florida Mar-a-Lago Resort. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Alan, where do you stand on this uh, bill that if it became law, would outlaw distracted driving in any form? Yeah, it says, as you pointed out, the words, wording says engaging in any other activity besides what's specifically mentioned. Yeah. So anything would qualify as distracted driving. And I've read uh, studies uh, in the past couple of years that say that uh, really... Anything you do besides having your hands on the wheel and paying attention to the road counts will distract you from driving, even listening to the radio, even if you have a hands-free telephone. Yes, I know. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, so where do you draw the line on this? Yeah, yeah. My wife and I are taking a trip today. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to talk to each other the whole way. Is that distracted driving? Only if you turn your head. The cops are going to say, you're talking to your wife, son. We're <laughs> yeah, going to ring well, you up. You know what? For some couples, this this may be a loophole. They can they can cite and say, hey, 
I'd love, I'd love to talk to you, honey, but it's against the law. Can't do it. We'll look up your mugshot today, bud. God, thank you. Kyle from Narcusi, the voice of experience. You're on the road a lot. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, bud. Uh, like like they were saying, 80% of your audience isn't going to be able to call in like I am while I'm driving. So uh, the thing is that I see from my experience driving an average of about 100 miles a day around Central Florida as a salesman is texting is the thing that I, I fear the most. I see so many yeah. drivers at 70 miles an hour looking down texting as I'm going down the 408 or I-4. I agree with and, you because it requires taking your eyes off the road for such a long period of time, and you can go a great distance at highway speeds. Yeah. You know, And that that's now a secondary offense, needs to become primary here. That's the worst well, of the worst. Well, if they want to tackle that issue, they put a task force together in all the, in all the agencies, sheriff, city, whatever, and unmarked cars just get on the road like I do. And if they see you texting, they pull you over, and they make that fine $500. Now, once they put that on the news, these task force are out there, and, and your friend has been pulled over, that's the only way you're going to stop a large percentage of it because of the fear yeah. of you don't know who's looking over while you're texting and you get a $500 fine. Hey, Kyle, thank you. Great, great call. Appreciate it. And here is Dave in Mount Dora. Um, you smell a rat here? You think they're just trying to make some money, huh? I think it's a big revenue raiser, bud. And, uh, you know, to dovetail on your prior caller there, look, they can uh, track your texting, and I'm fully against texting, which they can do, and they document on your phone. They have a record of that. Right. That you're actually doing keystrokes while driving. But the rest of it, they could drive an aircraft carrier through this bill, and, and the cops can use it for anything they want to just give you a fine and raise money. I have a personal experience where the Mount Dora police were riding alongside me in pre-dawn hours in the dark, and I had a GPS screen on my dashboard, and he started honking at me. And I know if this law was in effect, I would have gotten a ticket for merely looking at my map. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting there, Dave. Text line on fire on this, as we knew it would be, Yaffe. How about a few highlights? Yeah, one person brought up the GPS thing as well, said this would also include the use of GPS. Another person said, instead of having all these distracted driving laws, why don't we just have one all-encompassing law driving like a jerk? Doesn't matter how many laws there are, the cops aren't enforcing them. It is kind of true. I don't think you. I don't. You'd have to have a prison the size of Grand Canyon, and yeah. we all be in it. Does loud Man. music count as a driving distraction? Well, it distracts me. I'll it tell you sure when does. they come by with. Yep. Yeah. I kind of like the yeah, vibration. Yeah. I play it pretty loud. I'm not going to lie. Stop. What about smoking <laughs> cigarettes? You got your your window down now, the arm out there with the cigarette in it, so you don't you know kill the kids in the back seat. Anything is, that, is distracted yeah. driving under this. I don't think the cops want this either. Uh, you know, if they're going to be mandated to be you know, like just looking in everybody's cars, they're going to be distracted because they're always looking in your window. So who's going to ring up point. the cops yeah. who yeah. are distracted? Well, they already have looking for distracted they drivers, Alan. Seventeen-inch laptop in their in their cruiser there that they're looking at as well while yeah. they're driving. It's I, a vicious circle, bud. It is, ah. and we're going to close the loop right now. Free movie Friday. Adams tickets. You're going to love this. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets. All right, a lot of new flicks out. You might want to go check them out. Text them now at Adam Tickets. Text record, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. 
free movie tickets. The Adams Ticket app, where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Splashdown for the SpaceX Crew Dragon is just over an hour away, and state lawmakers pass a so-called Bible Bill. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes. It's 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan Spector right now, my co-host, going to update us on the news. We're a bit more than an hour away from um, the final milestone for this amazing SpaceX flight. That's right. A capsule operated by SpaceX intended to one day carry astronauts is about to return to Earth from its first test flight to the International Space Station. Splashdown for the Crew Dragon is scheduled for 8.45 this morning, just over 200 miles east of Cape Canaveral. The landing will end the test mission of the spacecraft, which is designed to carry a human crew from Earth, specifically the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, to the International Space Station, and then back. Both SpaceX and Boeing are contracted to start making these flights for NASA, which hasn't flown its own human-ready spacecraft since retiring the fleet of space shuttles in 2011. The first crewed SpaceX mission is scheduled for this summer. In Miami, Eben Brown, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A legislative committee in Tallahassee has approved a bill requiring public high schools to offer classes in Bible study. It's supposed to be an objective class that does not push a particular religion, but Representative Anna Eskimani, a Democrat from Orlando, has her doubts. I don't know how you can have religious neutrality if your curriculum is just focused on one holy book. There's a reason why we have separation of church and state here in this country, and if parents want to teach the Bible, they can do so in the privacy of their homes. The bill is sponsored by Jacksonville Democrat Kim Daniels, a former exorcist who once described herself as a demon buster. She's the one who got In God We Trust posted in all the public schools, so don't count her out. We're going to debate this in the 8 o'clock hour, Alan. All right, bud. Stand Your Ground is rejected by a jury in Palm Beach County. The panel convicting a former Palm Beach Gardens police officer of manslaughter and attempted first-degree murder for the shooting death of a black motorist on an I-95 exit ramp three years ago. Quico DeFour is an attorney who grew up with shooting victim Corey Jones. And we're so grateful that an all-white jury could see through all the different mechanicisms that the lawyers were trying to put on, and they ultimately rendered a guilty verdict today. So Corey's legacy will live on, and we're going to keep the beat alive. Jones' sister says it's a victory for justice and that her brother is dancing in heaven. Ex-cop Nauman Raja faces sentencing next month, could get 25 years to life in prison. Bike Week is back, but there are some changes this year. The 78th Annual Motorcycle Festival, starting today in Daytona Beach, runs through the 17th. Unlike previous years, the Welcome Center is located at 1 Daytona, and vendors have been moved from Riverfront Park to the Boot Hill Outpost on US-1 in Ormond Beach. And elsewhere, on our topic of, I don't know if this would count as distracted driving, but uh, a man seemed to be asleep at the wheel of his Tesla as it cruised down a busy Los Angeles freeway on, a, on what appeared to be the car's autopilot mode, and the incident was caught on video. The video was posted to Twitter on Monday, and Seth Blake, the guy who posted it, said the man was going about 75 miles per hour, 75 miles per hour in the interstate, as he allowed his Tesla to do the work. Blake said that he handed his phone to his fiancée sitting in the passenger seat so she could record the video, The couple drove near the car for about 10 minutes before they lost it in traffic. It's assumed but unconfirmed that the vehicle was in autopilot mode as the driver apparently dozed. I am a man of faith. You may be 
somebody with great faith. That's more faith than I could ever muster to nod off while my car is going 75 and count on the autopilot to make it all work. People wonder how that works, but as long as his hands were on the wheel, he can, the car will go. I'm not sure his hands were on the wheel. No, they are. In fact, are I, they? I watched the video. Yeah, his, he's got one hand just, and he's May, clearly sleeping. Maybe he Velcroed it to the, the wheel. <laughs> duct tape 101. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Wow. Uh, you remember the guy uh, from Oregon who survived being stranded in the snow for five days by eating packets of Taco Bell taco sauce. Yeah, I thought I would have been dead in an hour. Well, he's being <laughs> he's being rewarded by Taco Bell with free food for a year. <laughs> a snowmobiler found Jeremy Taylor after his car became stuck in deep snow. He said he survived by starting his car engine periodically to warm up and by eating the packets of taco sauce in his car. After sharing his story on Facebook... The man learned Taco Bell is offering him a year's supply of food, including more taco sauce packets. Jealous, Yaffe? Oh, I know yes, you love I, Taco Bell. I'm definitely jealous, but it was, yeah, Taco Bell hot sauce. And what this proves hot or fire. is that hot sauce <laughs> saved a life. Just remember that. Hot sauce saves lives. The man, I don't even know if you know this, Alan, <laughs> um, but because that doesn't come up in quite a while. Uh, but Yaffe actually has a hot sauce collection. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I even got you something for that at one oh, point. Oh yeah, as I people get me stuff all the time now. It's gotten pretty big. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. How many bottles of that stuff do you have? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it could be up to two hundred by now. You're gonna wow. be kidding. And there are two no. different two hundred different kinds of hot sauce. Out oh there? yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Maybe next week you can get a life. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it could happen any time. I see. The close knit team here on the Good Just Morning Orlando. Hot sauce saved a life. I That's sure right. Did. Write it down. Yeah. And finally, congratulations to Lincoln the Goat, who's been elected mayor of a town in Vermont. Actually, the three-year-old Nubian goat is the pet mayor of Fairhaven, Vermont. As such, Lincoln will spend her one-year term attending events, making public appearances, and marching in the Memorial Day Parade wearing her custom-made sash. The goat just barely edged out Sammy the dog for the honor. Sammy's owner had promised that if elected, the dog would thank every voter personally by licking their face. That's where he went wrong, right there. Yep. <laughs> That's politics in Vermont, huh? Yeah. All right, Alan, thank you. Five years ago today, that Malaysian jetliner disappeared from the face of the earth on the other side of the world, and they have never found it or determined definitively what happened to it. And all of those people have been lost. What is the latest on the mystery of the missing Malaysian flight? We have a live report coming right up after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now. The force may be with all of you as soon as this spring. Disneyland and Disney World Parks have announced their official Phase 1 Star Wars Galaxy's Edge experience opening dates. The new attraction will debut May 31st out in Disneyland, California. But here at Disney World and Hollywood Studios, it will open Phase 1 of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just before Labor Day on August 29th. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning and Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. 
It's one of the most vexing mysteries of modern times. Five years ago, March 8, 2014, half a world away, Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 fully loaded disappears. Let's spend a couple of minutes with our News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer um, on this mystery and whether we are any closer to solving it. Bill, good morning to you. Hi, uh, good morning, Bud. And uh, to answer that question, no, we are no close closer to solving this mystery that started off five years ago today when uh, Flight 370 took off from Kuala Lumpur on the way to Beijing. Forty minutes into the flight, the transponder was turned off, making it invisible to air traffic control, but it was still tracked on military radar, uh, which saw the plane pull a 180 and head southwest, made another turn up toward India before it was lost on military radar. Uh, Then, according to satellite data, it either continued north toward India or turned and went south toward the southern Indian, Indian Ocean. Uh, And to this day, a massive search has turned up nothing of the main wreckage, no flight recorder, no data recorder. Uh, Small pieces of wreckage that may have belonged to the flight have washed up along the eastern area of Africa, along an island there. And if you uh, do an analysis of ocean currents, it leads you back to the southern Indian Ocean. So that has been the main focus of the search. But to this day, Bud, none of the major wreckage has been found, despite an exhaustive, expensive search search by uh, as many as 20 countries involved. Yeah, we had 239 people on board, and a lot of the surviving family members are saying, don't give up on this. And uh, from what I'm hearing, um, uh, the Malaysian government may be up for uh, continuing the search under certain circumstances. Yeah, the Malaysian transport minister says uh, they are open to restarting this search, which really has not been doing anything uh, for the last uh, almost year. Uh, Last spring, the U.S. company Ocean Infinity got involved. Uh, They're specialists in these deep ocean searches. Uh, They searched until about June of last year and ended up uh, coming up empty and stopped their search. There hasn't been anything happening since. But again, you're right. The family members, many of them of Chinese citizens, there were over 150 Chinese citizens on board this flight, uh, they want to get some closure and find out exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. Now, the theories, bud, range uh, from a suicide mission by the pilot right. who may have uh, turned off the transponder and then incapacitated everybody on board by depressurizing the plane and then uh, leading it into a vast open area of the Indian Ocean before ditching the plane in a suicide mission, all the way to some outlandish claims, including one that uh, entities in China hijacked the plane in order to harvest the organs of the people on board. Oh my goodness, how gruesome that very thought is. I want to thank you, News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, for reconnecting us to this five years after this mysterious disappearance of the Malaysian Airline Flight 370. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome, bud. What do you think happened to it? Right now, we got some texters who are weighing in, Yaffe. Uh, let's get a little feedback here. What do you think happened to that plane? I mean, I, I, I think it probably probably just crashed, unfortunately. Um, who knows where. But Mechanical I'm, failure. Yeah, yeah. Aliens. Pretty sure it was aliens. We're seeing that on the text line. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think they're serious. Oh, yeah, they are. Aliens. Uh, there are some who really believe that. Mm-hmm. There's some who really believe that. Now, one person says it was hijacked by the pilots. We had a, uh, a flight in Europe, and uh, that was going on right here when we were doing the show, uh, Yaffe where the pilot, the co-pilot actually wound up flying that thing right into the ground. And that wasn't too far removed from this flight, if I, if I in, remember In terms correctly. of a timeline, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that was over in um, by the by the Swiss Alps or by yeah. France or or whatever. I mean, that's there. a possibility. I think. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the mystery continues. Rush joins us for the morning update right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. So stick around. It's coming your way. Rush with a morning update in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining this interesting local story, a local prosecutor's husband admits he voted illegally. David Ayala is the husband of Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala, and he was also an advocate for Amendment 4, which called for restoring the uh, voting rights of felons. It passed last November. David, though, who is a convicted felon himself, acknowledged yesterday that he voted in two previous elections pre-Amendment 4, despite not being legally allowed to do so. No comment yet from wife and state attorney Aramis Ayala. Updates at least every 10 minutes of the top stories for you all morning and good morning, Orlando. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So what did happen to that missing Malaysian Airlines plane disappeared with... 239 people on board has never been found. It happened five years ago, half a world away. Texters are weighing in. Well, I think this person has uh, found it. I think this explains everything. Really? Makes the most sense. Says uh, people on that plane had information that would lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Oh, that plane had to be taken down. Yeah. Can't have that. (laughs) Has anybody got a serious thought on this? (laughs) Uh, one person says it could have been terrorism or suicide, similar to the other flight we were just talking about. Aliens. In the last it's aliens. Yeah, we keep getting aliens here. What do you think, <laughs> Melissa? I think that something really screwy happened, and uh, I blame China. There. Okay. <laughs> I don't so you, you don't think it's just mechanical no. failure? You no. think it's foul play at some level? I think it's in a faraway cage somewhere where we can't, uh, you know, they can't beam out. They probably killed everybody on board. And Am I going too and far And what off? would the motive be? For doing I, that. I, have, yeah, I don't know. There were like engineer. There were like 20 engineers on board. You tell me. I don't mm. know. Mm. The mystery mm. continues. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando. And W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a beautiful Friday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a condemnation of anti Semitism turns into something else. Details in one minute. A move to require all Florida public schools to offer an elective Bible course. Our take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. The House of Representatives is passing a measure condemning bigotry. However, the resolution was originally written to specifically condemn anti-Semitism. That was prompted by comments from Muslim Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar, who accused pro-Israel advocates of pushing allegiance to a foreign country. The resolution does not single out Omar or anti-Semitism. 
to the dismay of South Florida Democrat Ted Deutsch, who is Jewish. One of our colleagues invokes the classic anti-Semitic tropes, the anti-Semitic language that Jews control the world, that Jews care only about money, that Jews cannot be loyal Americans if they also support Israel. This too must be condemned. However, Deutsch joined all other Democrats in voting for the generic anti-hate measure. 23 Republicans voted no, complaining that it had been watered down. Hot topic here on the 50,000-watt front porch in our 6 o'clock hour. A live report for those of you just catching up with us uh, at 8.40 this morning. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two years after the Florida legislature voted to prohibit the smoking of medical marijuana, the state Senate does an about-face. Senator Janet Cruz, a Democrat from Tampa, says the decision to smoke or not to smoke should be made by patients, not politicians. If someone is prescribed medical marijuana, let it be their choice whether they decide to rub an oil on their forehead or smoke a joint. It's their choice. They are the one with the medical need. So let's honor them. The Senate approved the medical marijuana bill on the third day of the legislative session, and the House is expected to do the same by March 15th. That is the deadline set by Governor Ron DeSantis. We have echoed those sentiments right from this microphone. Investigators are talking to more children who may have been molested by a substitute teacher in Osceola County. 19-year-old Syed Yassin Ashir apparently admitted after his arrest last week to molesting five female students at three elementary schools. Sheriff Russ Gibson tells Channel 9 that interviews are ongoing with more students, but he wouldn't say how many or what schools they attended. Former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort gets a sentence of just under four years in prison for bank and tax fraud. The judge allowing Manafort to serve sentences concurrently instead of consecutively, and with credit for time served, Manafort has three years left. Mr. Manafort finally got to speak for himself. He made clear he accepts responsibility for his conduct. Defense attorney Kevin Dowling adding this case proves his client did not collude with Russia, but Manafort's legal problems are far from over. The 69-year-old faces up to 10 years in prison when he's sentenced next week in D.C. federal court for illegal lobbying. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. The WWE makes it official. Tampa will host their biggest event, WrestleMania 36. It'll take place at Raymond James Stadium April 5th, 2020, Hulk Hogan, WWE Hall of Famer and Bay Area resident, will be there. This is uh, really, really special for me. This is my hometown, and this is where I fell in love with wrestling. And it's been onward and upward ever since with this business, and I'm still in love with it. But when it comes to the grandest stage of them all, it's just an ongoing saga. What you gonna do, brother, when <laughs> Hulkamania runs wild over Tampa? You know, I think they still, WrestleMania, hold the Citrus Bowl record for a crowd. Bigger than any football game. Yeah, and they've had it uh, twice here. Where, uh, Orlando and New Orleans are the only cities that have hosted WrestleMania more than once. WrestleMania, by the way, stretches over a week with various fan festivals and wrestling events, and it's the first time Tampa Bay has hosted WrestleMania, and it'll come just a couple of months after it hosts the next Super Bowl. WFLA News Time is 8.07. Cops say a husband killed his wife because she wouldn't let him drive drunk. That horrific story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. 
Good morning, Orlando. It's the Friday edition, another red-hot topic we're about to serve up here, a controversy brewing in the Florida State Legislature. Um, There is a bill that, if it becomes law in this state, would require all Florida public schools to offer an elective Bible course. Well, opposition to this is taking shape along predictable lines. You know, the ACLU is screaming, no, 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 separation of church and state, First Amendment violation. I've never understood that. The Supreme Court has ruled that you can't mandate religious teaching in public schools. You know, and they played the separation of church and state card too, but separation of church and state you will not find in the Constitution. that, That came up in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote in 1802. And the First Amendment says... Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We're not talking about Congress making a law here, but that's kind of what we seem to be stuck with from the legal side of all of this. But on an elective basis, what about a Bible course available in all public schools? I like the idea But I think it may be very, very difficult to teach a Bible course without all of a sudden having all of the alarms and the red flags go up that, oh, wait a minute, you're teaching religion. You're teaching Christianity. Can it be done? I think it has value. How would you feel about a law in Florida, it's in bill form now, that would require every public school, to offer, on an elective basis, a Bible course. Let's talk about it, shall we? You're next. And an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic is just two minutes away. On Good Morning Orlando, it's 8.09. Sports headline right now, highlighting the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational down at Bay Hill. Round one, Rafael Cabrera Bayo fired a seven under par 65 to grab the first round lead. Keegan Bradley in second place at five under. Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson among a group tied for third at minus four. Round two today. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the Tom Stories. We do it for you all morning and good morning, Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. House Bill 195, if it became law, would require Florida's school districts to offer courses on the objective study of the Bible and to maintain religious neutrality. Um, courts have ruled the Bible can be studied in public school as part of a secular education program, but daily Bible readings or religious teachings are not allowed. The ACLU doesn't like this, says, you know, they're going to throw up legal challenges. They don't know how you do this without actually teaching Christianity, and they say that's in violation of the U.S. Constitution. I know that's that's the accepted norm right now, but as I explained before, I, I've never thought that it is. Um, but at any rate, this is sponsored by Representative Kimberly Daniels. She's actually a Democrat out of Jacksonville who last year successfully pushed to get in God We Trust, which is the national motto and happens to be the state motto as well. Um, signs posted in our public schools, so these things can happen. Can we teach? Can we teach the Bible, the best-selling book of all time, without all of a sudden triggering lawsuits that uh, somehow you're, uh, you know, you're promoting Christianity to the exclusion of other religions, and we simply can't do that. 
I think there are some fundamental um, teachings that would be great to have every public school student have in front of them. A lot of them don't have a spiritual dimension to their lives. Um, they don't. They don't have a moral compass of any kind. What would be wrong with um, putting the Ten Commandments in front of them, particularly six through nine? You know, and and reminding them that there was some great teaching once upon a time, and it's in this book. You know, honor your mother and father, respect your mom and dad, instead of giving them a hard time. You know, thou shalt not kill. That's a good idea. Gee, I never thought about that. And uh, don't cheat on your spouse. You shall not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. You know, that might be a good reminder for some of these kids. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. You know, some of those things. Jesus' teachings, Yaffe, on loving your enemies, turning the other cheek. These things. Yeah, throwing the first stone. Forgiveness. Is Is there a way to teach this without all of a sudden... You know, having the uh, the anti-religion crowd, the ACLU, and everybody go bonkers. Well, here's the thing. They're going to go bonkers no matter what. The fact that this class exists is already making them go bonkers. The idea of a class like this existing. So it doesn't matter how it's taught, they're going to have lawsuits. I was reading that 10 other states already have enacted laws like this, and these right. courses are being taught. Five other states considering it. So it's not like we're the Lone Ranger on this thing. I have a problem with it because you, you mentioned Bible, but which verge, version of the Bible? Are we talking the Koran? Are we talking the the Mikran? What are we talking Well, Alan, this is what you raised. Now, what about the books of other religions? Exactly. When I You sent me this uh, story yesterday afternoon uh, telling us it uh, would be a talk topic this morning. And the first thing that struck me was, well, what would people say if the legislature decided to pass a bill requiring an elective to be offered teaching uh, the Torah or that the Koran? That is already coming up the in the legislature and saying, well, if we're going to do the Bible, we got to do that. Does it scare you that the Daniels gal is a self-proclaimed demon buster and uh, exorcist? Exorcist? I don't know. I like what you did within God We Trust. So, you know, I'm 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 a results oriented guy. You know, I mean, if she's a nut job in other parts of her life, well, and that's why I'm kind of leaning. Something done here, you know. I don't care about that, frankly. As long as we get the job done, somebody's driving the bus here, and I like the fact that she is. I wonder how far this bus though will go, Yaffe. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it goes very far. It would have to be taught neutral, neutrally, which can be done. It's done in colleges all the time. I took those classes all throughout college. Um, and you know, the, the Bible is such an important part of our history and an important part of our culture and an important foundation of Western civilization, no matter what religion you are, you can't deny its influence in our past. And I think it's good to be taught. And and whether you uh, have a specific class teaching the Bible, it needs to come up at some point, perhaps in a, a world religion class, um, uh, a world history class, that sort of thing. Uh, it should be addressed. I mean, it's such a vital part of so many people's lives. We point out this would require all stu- all schools to offer an elective course, not one you have to take. All schools except charter schools. That's where the contention's going to be. It's not listed in charter schools are eligible for this. I, I don't know. I, I I think the public schools, you know, which is obviously the, the, the vast number of, of sure. students are educated in public schools right now. Uh, I think it's going to go thumbs up, thumbs down based on that on that uh, particular uh, area. Um, so where are you on this bill that would require all Florida public schools to offer an elective course in the Bible? Can it be done without triggering lawsuits? 
407-916-5400, toll free, 866-916-5400. Love to know what you think, and if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. Hit the increasingly popular text line at 23680, knowing standard message and data rates apply. The debate is on. Join the conversation on the 50,000-watt front porch right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, some of this, some of you are going to love this, some of you are not going to like it at all, but it's going to impact us all. This is the weekend when we change the time, we spring ahead when you go to bed on Saturday night, and um, it's daylight saving time no, until please. next fall. I know you're not a huge fan. But, does it uh, have to be this weekend? Yes, it does. What well, doesn't have to be? You I got do plans. You can do whatever you want, okay? But we're still going to need you here at 6 o'clock on Monday morning, Alan. All right, well, don't count on it. Daylight saving time <laughs> kicks in this weekend. Just a reminder here. Updates at least every 10 minutes of the top stories all morning long on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Callers, I'll go to you in just a moment. Uh, Bob's got some ideas uh, on Bible classes, how they could be taught, and the texters are weighing in, and I like what I see here. Yeah, this person is making a good point, uh, which I actually agree with. It says, I have no problem with any elective classes being offered. They are elective. That being said, as a Christian, I may not want my child to take an elective Bible class because I'd be concerned how it was being taught. Do you really trust the public school to teach Christianity correctly? That's a big question. Now, yeah. I went on a fishing expedition here because a texter said, offer a religion class that highlights all religions, and then went on to say that her children took this class at Oviedo High School years ago and became stronger Christians. So I texted her back and said, how long ago was this? She said probably eight or nine years ago, but it was a great elective class mm-hmm. discussing all the options ultimately made my kids' decisions clear. we got a minister who's texting, Yaffe. Uh, yes, as I'm a pastor, a seminary graduate with a doctorate degree in ministry, I can very easily teach the Bible, the Koran, the Torah, or any other religious book as history or literature. All right, let's go to the phones. Bob from Kissimmee, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. What are your thoughts on an elective Bible class in Florida public schools? Yes, uh, I think it should be offered online. They should get a credit for it, so they could do it in summertime even. And they should also go back to doing the Bible uh, on Sunday schools or Saturday, depending on, you know, the faith. But it might get a lot of kids more interested, in, regardless of the faith, what they believe or what their parents believe. You know, it's interesting, Bob, if you did it online, the issue of the quality control of the curriculum would be solved, wouldn't it? Because it would all be laid out, and you wouldn't have to be saying, I don't know how well they're going to teach it. What bozo is going to teach my kid the Bible in school, right? This way you would have control of it from that standpoint. I like that idea, Alan. That's very interesting, Bob. Thanks for the suggestions. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. We're having a good one. Thanks to the best audience in talk radio. It's always fun sometimes more fun than other times, when we bring on our old friend Bertha from Volusia County. Good morning, Bertha. Good morning, Bud. Um, I'm against it in school. I feel the children get out early on Wednesdays. Wednesday is usually prayer meeting in most churches. Most churches have afternoon prayer meeting and evening prayer meeting. Let the child go to their their church of their choice on Wednesday. Very interesting, Bertha. Mm. Appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. We've missed having you on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's not the same when you're away. Well, 
I still listen to you every day. God bless she, she you, calls darling. Me all you the have time. A day. Thank you, Bertha. <laughs> Terrific. And Boy, she she's did. been with us like since the the very beginning. The sweetheart. Years ago. Okay. Alan, we're keeping our eyes skyward for the return of SpaceX. The Crew Dragon is on its way back from the International Space Station, bud, and the journey home started overnight. And we have motion. You see Dragon physically separating from the International Space Station, 1.32 a.m. Central Time, the International Space Station, 253 statue miles over Sedan. The unmanned Crew Dragon delivered supplies and equipment to the space station last weekend. It also carried a test dummy. The spacecraft scheduled to splash down in the Atlantic off the Cape at 8.45. The test is leading up to what SpaceX officials hope will be a manned test flight in July. Hope to be able to bring that to you. Stay with us. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Despite questions over its legality, this is something we were just talking about, A House committee in the Florida Capitol has approved the so-called Bible Bill. The bill requires every public high school in the state to offer courses on Bible study, but Representative Kim Daniels says she's not trying to force Christianity on anyone. This is a public policy issue, not a worship issue. Religion will not be pushed down their throat. They will be treated fairly. But Representative Anna Eskimani wonders why every other religion was left out of Daniels' bill. My family is Iranian-American. A majority of my family uh, identifies with Islam. Would you consider adding the Quran to your bill as another holy book um, that can be taught objectively to your language? No. The Bible classes would be elective. Students would not be required to take them, but high schools would be required to offer them. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. A former South Florida police officer is guilty of manslaughter and attempted first degree murder in a case dealing with the state's Stand Your Ground statute. The father of victim, Corey Jones, was overcome with emotion when the verdict was read yesterday in West Palm Beach. It was the truth that convicted him. It was the truth that brought him to justice. It was the truth that sent him to jail. It was the truth. Former Palm Beach Gardens officer Nauman Raja was convicted for shooting Jones in 2015. Raja was in plain clothes and did not identify himself as a cop when he approached Jones, who was dealing with a disabled vehicle along I-95. Jones pulled a gun on him out of fear that he was being robbed, and Raja pulled out his own weapon and opened fire, killing Jones. The jury rejected Raja's stand-your-ground defense, and he faces a possible sentence of 25 years to life in prison. For the second straight game, UCF has knocked off a ranked opponent. In their home finale last night, the Knights, who are now ranked 25th themselves, knocked off number 20 Cincinnati, 58-55. UCF wraps up the regular season at Temple tomorrow. We're not at all just a football school. we got a great basketball team. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament when all of this season Headed is done. for the big dance. I think so. Elsewhere, here's a guy who knows how to liven up an event. A very routine ceremony was taking place outside an office building in China last week when an unidentified man showed up in the background with an unexpected flourish. He was exiting the building through a glass door, but instead of opening it, knocked it off its frame. The man in the door then fell flat on the ground with the glass shattering in a million pieces. Except for the man's pride, there were no injuries. Yay! Good to hear that. There's a new Guinness World Record for tearing license plates in half. I know you've been wondering when that would happen. It belongs to weightlifting champion Bill Clark. During an event in Bingham, Binghamton, New, Binghamton, New York. What happened to you? I don't know. <laughs> it's Friday. I, I hear you. During an event in Binghamton, New York, 
He tore 23 license plates in half in just one minute. Can you even imagine? I can't. I, I had no idea anybody could do that, no matter how strong they are. That's amazing. What's amazing is that I guess there was a previous record. So yes. <laughs> this is something that's been done it's before. not new. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't make them, they don't make them like they used to, now, right? They, they, these aren't the temporary dealer tags that are made of cardboard, right? I don't think so. These okay. were government-issued <laughs> ah. license plates, wow. the, the metal kind. Wow. wow. And he tore 23 and a half Scary. in just one minute. And finally, drug-crazed parrots are terrorizing opium farmers in India. The wild birds have apparently learned to wait until the Morphine-rich latex is exposed after the farmers slit the poppy pods to help them ripen. The parrots have also apparently taught themselves not to squawk and swoop in silently like ninjas into the opium fields. They then frantically nibble off the stalks below the pod. One opium expert says the drug gives the birds instant energy, much like when a human drinks tea or coffee, and once the feeling was experienced by the parrots, they would have quickly fallen prey to the addiction. They're hooked. Yeah. How about that? Drugged out parrots. Amazing. You know, when we came on at 6 o'clock this morning, we had a big-time conversation about this anti-Semitism resolution that the House passed yesterday that turned into a catch-all, uh, all forms of hate are bad resolution. And we want to catch you up with that because it's a very important story. And there's no one better to do that than our fine News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Michael Bauer, who's on the big story with a live report coming up right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now the shoots are deployed, and we are now watching the SpaceX Dragon capsule. Floating down towards splashdown off the Florida coast after its historic uh, mission. Remarkable story that continues to unfold. We'll try to keep you connected to it between now and 9 o'clock. Updates at least every 10 minutes of the top stories all morning here on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe. Spectacular sight, SpaceX returning, three, four shoots deployed as we speak, splashdown to come, and uh, we're all over it. Stay tuned, we'll try to connect you to it here shortly. Uh, right now we want to bring in our News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Michael Bauer, who's on our big talk topic of the morning from earlier, uh, this, um, this anti-hate resolution that tied the Democrats in the House in knots and morphed into something vastly different from what it was initially intended to be. Michael, for folks who were just joining us in the 8 o'clock hour, get us up to date on what all gone down, okay? But this seems like the worst magic act you've ever seen in your life, where they're trying to get you to look one way with something else that looks absolutely nothing like what they were initially trying to do. And that's what Nancy Pelosi had an opportunity. She says she loves opportunities, had an opportunity to address here, but instead created this, uh, as one Democratic aide called it, a kitchen sink resolution. See, what happened was, going into the weekend, you had uh, Ilan Omar of Minnesota, representative, uh, make a statement in regards to what she thought was pro-Israel activists who were pushing for an allegiance to a foreign country, and that uh, they were on some level 
debating within the Democratic Party, well, how are we going to respond to this? How are we going to clarify the statement? A lot of Jewish folks not only in the Democratic Party, but also in the House of Representatives, and people who were representing in the House of Representatives who had constituents that were Jewish were all concerned about this. And this is not the first time Omar has said something offhanded that it required an apology on some level. So Nancy Pelosi, for the past couple of days, has been embroiled in this internal uproar over the statements made by Omar, and then a group of people, multiple different groups of people, jumping up and saying, hold on a second, this is, this is offensive and we need to deal with this. So what Nancy's answer was, to come up with a resolution condemning anti-Semitism, and then threw in a bunch of anti-Muslim bias, and then white supremacy, and then African Americans, Native Americans, people of color, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, immigrants, and others victimized by bigotry. That now why you have the kitchen sink resolution, as the Democratic aide put it. It yeah. was passed... Uh, overwhelmingly, 407 to 23 in the House yesterday, this resolution condemning hateful expressions of intolerance. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to take away from the issue that Nancy Pelosi is going to have to deal with here, which is at least one of her representatives making comments over and over again that people are finding insulting and, and, and are finding offensive. It's really amazing how they protected um, Elon Omar. You know, they weren't going to go after, you know, one of these young freshman congresswomen uh, from the progressive left wing of the Democratic Party that has all the energy in the party right now, and they weren't going to go after uh, um, a minority, a Muslim, a woman. And now um, this is a victory, I think, for Omar, because the resolution, the way it was actually written, the catch-all kitchen sink for all forms of hate, hate is bad, that's what we have here, she ended up being able to comfortably vote for it, and she kind of walks away uh, unscathed. At least it appears that way to me. Right, but it looks like it was a win-win for her. And at the end of the day, I think you know we're still looking at a situation that I don't know how easily this issue is going to go away. It certainly won't go away as easily as the votes came yesterday for the resolution, but Nancy Pelosi is going to have to deal with this. This is an element that is dividing the Democratic Party. You're seeing this evolve in the language, bud. You're seeing now this element of, well, that's the way the younger portion of the party thinks. That's the way, you know, you're seeing uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, all saying, listen, we want to have discussions and we want to be able to question what our foreign policy in this country has been for a number of years, so we're bringing those questions to the table, to what we do as the younger generation. Nancy Pelosi hasn't answered to that yet, and she's going to have to. Whether it's now or later, she's going to have to do it. Yeah, she wanted this thing to just get done and go away. It's mm-hmm. been a fascinating drama to watch. Thanks for taking us inside the politics and procedure of it all. Have a great weekend. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Michael Bauer. Always appreciate having you on the show. Enjoy your weekend, bud, man. All right, thanks. I appreciate that. So, Yaffe. The SpaceX capsule has splashed down, has splashed down. It has returned home off the coast of Florida, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I heard yesterday as well that eventually they're going to make it so it could also land on dry ground. That in the future it won't just land in the water, it could actually land over land. You know, the Russians have been doing that for years, which is interesting. We've always done it out in the water because you feel like, you know, you could avoid a catastrophe, you know, because the, the water has more give to it. Uh, you know, than the land would have in a worst-case scenario here. This is nice to see. It's not out in the Pacific somewhere where we have to wait a week for it to come back. It's right off the coast of Florida. Am I correct? A couple of hundred yeah. miles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, SpaceX has, of course, been pioneering this idea of landing its first-stage boosters on the ground uh, near Cape Canaveral and also on uh, barges out in the ocean as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yaffe, let me ask you right now. We're kind of like, this is an off-air conversation on the air. Uh, I know that this is, was a made-for-television event here, and our, our news partners, Fox 35, was covering it. Do we have anything that we can play back for folks here that will work on the radio when we come back from our latest break? Yeah, we, well, we have them cheering, you know, the control room cheering as it lands, so yeah. I can play that. All right, we'll share the climactic moment with you here coming right up. And if you've got plans this weekend to go to the movies, how would you like to go to your favorite flick for free? It's Free Movie Friday here in Good Morning Orlando, thanks to our friends at Adam Tickets. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets. All you do is text them now. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win free movie tickets. It's the amazing Adam's Ticket app. You need to check this out. It's incredible. It's where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and oh, a whole lot more. The return of SpaceX and some final comments run the backside of our last look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which we'll have for you in only two minutes here in the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now. Eye on President Trump, who will be visiting tornado-ravaged areas of Alabama this afternoon. A series of destructive tornadoes tore through parts of Alabama on Sunday. The storm's killing nearly two dozen people. After leaving Alabama, the president will spend the rest of the weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort down in South Florida. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning here in Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. We'll let you hear the SpaceX successful splashdown and reaction to it in the control room in just a moment. Uh, but speaking of President Trump, Edward wants to talk about the president. Good morning from Orlando, Edward. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great, but I have three quick comments. Number one, I don't approve of much of anything the Democrats are, are putting out of their uh, House of Representatives. Number two, I think it's a shame the way that lady, Muslim lady was able to verbally assault our president and get away with it like she did. Because if you did, if somebody calls you that on the street, you know you can have them arrested. Now, hang and on. Now, wait a minute. That, that is another Muslim congresswoman, the one from Michigan, um, you know, who, right. who, who cussed out the president. And that was outrageous. And she didn't pay a price for that that she should have paid, at least in my opinion. Go ahead. What else? And my third, I'm really surprised. I bought about 10 of these Make America Great hats again. I've given them to friends of mine. But I'm so amazed at how many Republicans and supporters of Trump go around and say, oh, you can't wear that, you'll be assaulted, or this is going to happen to you. People got to get out there and start showing support, just like these Democrats. They, they, they use loud language and all this kind of thing to shoot you down anytime. But, you know, just because we assemble or something to show support of President Trump doesn't show we're doing anything to be against this nation or against any particular race. Well, let me ask you a question, Edward. I can tell you're a great patriot, but do you walk the talk? Do you wear your... Make America Great Again hat? You wear your pro-Trump shirt or not? Oh, you betcha I do. I wear that black one with the white letters on it out at the malls and everywhere I go because we got to let people know we're not afraid to stand up a little bit for him. But it's not standing up in a, you know, in a argumentative way. It's just that you don't see anybody showing support. Yet I see all these other people. Some do give me a nasty look. But I have the red ones with the white the black with the white, and I also have the black with the burnt orange M-A-G-A on it. So I, what I kind of reaction do you get? You get a dirty look? Do you ever get a confrontation with anybody or not? No, I don't get a dirty look, and I've had plenty of people come up to me. Oh, yeah, I thought you said you get a dirty look. I thought you said you get a dirty look. I got a couple dirty looks when I wore it into one place. That's right. it. Okay. 
All right, I think a lot of but folks are intimidated and afraid they're, they are going to get assaulted or something. I really do think people worry about that because, you know, the, the, the left is completely out of control with Trump derangement syndrome. Great conversation with you, Edward, and thanks so much for joining the show. Now, the SpaceX return, Alan. Yeah, uh, right on time at 845, as we were telling you all morning, it would uh, splash down a little over 200 miles off of Cape Canaveral in the Atlantic Ocean. It did just that. Yeah, let's listen, Yaffe, shall we? That's the SpaceX control room. Remember when we first heard them when they sent the, uh, the Tesla up? You know, with the with the mannequin astronaut, yes. and, and we had never heard that kind of cheering from a control room before. It was the first huge SpaceX triumph, and that's kind of the way it is at SpaceX. It's it's a different kind of control room scene than we're used to from NASA at the Cape, aren't? You well, know, they're excited, and they should be excited. They've worked hard. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a great story, and and it looks like they are a go. I mean. This mission looks like it went flawlessly, delivering supplies to the space station. They had the mannequin astronaut. The Dragon crew here, you know, eventually could carry up to seven astronauts. They are talking, correct me if I'm wrong, about actually sending up astronauts this July yes. on a mission test, like this. A test That's mission. Yeah, yeah. It's going to bring some jobs to the Space Coast. So yep, it's already yep, doing yep, it. Yep. It's already doing it there. But we haven't had Americans set up by Americans into space since the last shuttle back in 2011. It has been a long time. Yaffe, you're going to back off the gas and uh, and relax and get ready for the uh, afternoon show for the drive home, your Friday edition of PM Orlando. Yeah, I relax before the show, but when the show is on, we don't relax. We cover a, a lot of ground, and any breaking news that happens today, we'll be on top of it. Me and Alan McBride. Yeah, you're going to have the president's visit to the tornado zone in Alabama. That will certainly be a part of the news. And then he's yep. on his way down to Mar-a-Lago, um, you know, and I think he, uh, he'll he be looking forward to getting a little bit of rest. He's, had, uh, he's been working hard. I'd like to acknowledge a text that just came in. I think it's aimed at me. What is it, that? It says simply, I am originally from Binghamton, New York. Uh, moments ago, I was doing a story uh, and totally slaughtered the name Binghamton. <laughs> and I would like to apologize to anyone from Binghamton, anyone who lives there now, anyone who may live there in the future. Or drove through there once. <laughs> yes. Anyone you outraged. may have offended. Yes. Because everybody's offended. <laughs> There are people out there just lurking, waiting to be offended. Well, you know how those people in Binghamton are. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they're, such a, they're such a crucial part of our audience, Inspector. <laughs> you know. Yes, absolutely. Yes, the northern demographic there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing to be sorry about. It's been a great show. We talked about a lot of things. If you want to connect with the show, there's an easy way to do it. Right, Yaffe? You go to the website. Yeah, WFLAOrlando.com. Search for Good Morning Orlando. Always great stuff there. While you're there, you can search for PM Orlando as well. You know, yeah. Just throwing that Podcasts out Podcasts available in case yeah. you might have missed uh, all you know, some portion of this or any other show. That's a wrap from the 50,000-watt front porch for Alan Spector, Mike Yaffe, Melissa Fox, Bud Hedinger, thank you. Have a great weekend. Set the clocks ahead tomorrow night. God bless you. Do it. And God bless America.